So I am incredibly excited about this series of messages, and in particular, this message, because I believe that if we get this, it will transform who we are as a church. I mean, if you get it this morning, if you connect with what the Lord wants to teach us from His Word, and if this reality sinks into who you are as a follower of Christ, I truly believe this message could transform our church. Now, I believe that about every message as we open the Lord's Word together and we read His Word, right? I believe every time we open the Scriptures, God wants to change us. But what this message has for us today is the power to transform who we are as the body of Christ. So we're in a series called I'm, I'm In, and it's a little bit of a play on words. Last week we said, I'm invited. I'm invited. And the whole idea there is that you're invited to be a part of God's family. You're invited to be a part of God's family through the gospel. Right? And so the gospel of Jesus is this. We've talked about this a lot of times, but let me say it to you this way. The gospel of Jesus is this, that bad people can be made right with a good God through Jesus Christ. So all of us are bad people. We all need to be rescued. We can be made right with our good God through Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the gospel. And what we discovered last week is that you're invited into that. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says that to those who received him... He gave the right to become children of God. So it's not just that you're welcome to his table for a meal. That was the passage we looked at last week from Luke 14 about the king's banquet. It's not just that he's welcoming you to the table for a meal. It's that he's welcoming you in as his family. So he's adopted you as his children. You're invited into that through the gospel. But we often read about the gospel and we think about it in very individualistic terms. Even when we read passages just like Ephesians chapter 2, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And then we get to beautiful verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, He made you alive. We think about it in terms of individualistic truth. And it is. God did, through the gospel, rescue and transform you as an individual. But as you continue to read Ephesians, what we'll see this morning is that he rescued you as an individual to bring you into a family. And that's the truth that we're talking about. Last week we said you're invited into God's family. And today I want to tell you, you are invaluable to God's work. You're an invaluable part of God's work. When I use the word invaluable, just to be clear, I don't mean not valuable. I mean just the opposite. You are valuable to God's work. Every one of us is valuable to God's work. So as we begin this morning, I hope you've got one of the teaching guys. The first thing I want you to know is that you are invaluable to God's work. In Ephesians, what we see is that you are created by God in His image and for His glory. And Ephesians 1 verse 7 says you are redeemed by God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 7 says it this way. In him, meaning Christ, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Here's the reality. You're not only created by God in his image, but you are redeemed by Jesus Christ through his blood. 
You're purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's through that blood sacrifice that your sins are washed away. Your sins are made clean. So God owns you. Get this church. He owns you twice. He owns you because he made you. And he owns you because he rescued you. It's twice ownership. He made you. He made you in his image for his glory. He owns you. And then he redeems you with the blood of his son. He bought you back to himself through the blood of Jesus Christ. He owns you twice. But you know what? Ephesians 2, that wonderful passage about your salvation. You were saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Lest any man should boast. And then verse 10, you know what it says? Look at, look at Ephesians 2, verse 10. The Bible says, For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus, look at this, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And as we continue to look through the rest of Ephesians 2, what we discover is that God didn't just save you to be all alone, this little saved person. He saved you to be a part of a united body. So the second thing I'd like for you to hear today is that the gospel of Jesus reconciles man to God and unites us to one another in his church. So the gospel of Jesus, as you read through uh, Ephesians chapter two, what we discover is that we are we are made one in Christ. The Bible says that he is our peace. He's breaking down the wall of hostility that divides us and separates us. And that wall is everything from Jew and Gentile in the scriptures. It's everything from Jew and Gentile to race divisions, to financial, uh, social class divisions. All those divisions are broken down in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that divides us. We are brought together by the blood of Jesus. We're, re- we're reconciled to our God and then we're brought together, united in one body. In one body. This is the beauty of, of what the Scripture is teaching us. Do you know that your identity changes when you are united to a body? Let me, let me try to illustrate. I want to play a little game with you this morning. I hope this illustration is helpful. So... Um, uh, I want to use, I want to use uh, part of God's creation, how this works in, in the rest of God's creation to illustrate it for us. Um, so I want to put some animals on the screen. Do you have those with us? All right. How many of you know what this animal is called? Go ahead and shout it out. What's it called? An elephant. All right. But did you know one elephant is called an elephant? But when they come together as a united group and, they, and they, they work together and they have common purpose and they start, they do life together, this group of elephants is called a... Do you know? It's called a herd. Yeah. So an, an elephant, one elephant, but a herd of elephants. Let's try again. What else we got? All right. This is called a, a lion. Yeah, you, you've seen the Lion King. Good deal. That's Simba, right? So we got the lion, the lion. But now, when you have a group of lions, do you know what that's called? A pride. They have a whole new identity as a pride. You've got, you've got the alpha lion, then you've got the hunters, then you've got all the, And they have these roles within the pride. They, they are a lion. Each of them are lions. But when they come together as a united group, they have a purpose, and they're called a pride. What's another one? What, is that a cheetah? That's a cheetah. All right, cheetah. So um, one cheetah 
multiple cheetah is not called Cheetos. Um, so multiple cheetahs are called what? A coalition. Did you know that? I didn't know that either. Good job, Sarah. All right. Um, so uh, the next animal, next group of animals. What's okay? These are these are donkeys. So watch your mouth on this. Okay. These are donkeys. We got one donkey, and then when you get a whole bunch of donkeys together, what are they called, Sarah? Help us. A pace. Did you know that? A bunch of donkeys, a, a, like a herd, a group of donkeys that function as one unit is called a pace. What's you got? One more. These are crows. Now, do you did you know that? Do you know the name for when you have a group of crows all together that function as one? It's just pretty unique. Unique. Anybody know what it's called? Murder. You're right. It's a murder. That, I don't. I don't know. There's nothing good about a murder of crows. All right. One more. One more. These are vultures. So one vulture. But a group of vultures, do you know what it is? It's called a committee. So this is, uh, this is why Mountain View Church doesn't have committees, right? We, we have teams or whatever, but we don't function in committees. Here's the point I want to make to you. The point is this. Um, you have an identity in Christ. You've been rescued. You're a son or a daughter of God. He's brought you in as His child. But He's also put you in the body of Christ. And we're to function as a unit together. And your identity shifts in the body. You're an invaluable piece of this body. Each and every one of you that call this place home, you are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. With the scripture that Hunter read earlier, 1 Corinthians 12, and it talks about body parts. And Paul's going on about, you know, whether or not you're an eye or an ear or a hand or a foot. And the illustration is in, in our text this morning from Ephesians 4 as well. It's the idea of the body. So what we've learned so far in Ephesians is that you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2.13. And you have been made members of the household of God. Ephesians 2. 19. You're, you're not only rescued to be a lone ranger, you're not. You're brought in as members of the household of God. And what I want you to know is you're an invaluable part of the family. So I want us to read our text this morning from Ephesians 4 now. Um, and as is our custom, I'd love for you to stand in honor of God's word. I want to pick up in verse 7. And what I want you to hear is how, um, how Christ is dealing with each one of us. So pick up on the idea of each one. And then also pick up on the idea that we are grafted into a body. So we have the idea of individuals and the unit. So here we go. Verse 7. Ephesians 4, verse 7. And the scripture says... But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, 
until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, but rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Listen to this. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Lord Jesus, be our teacher. We submit ourselves to the authority of the Scriptures today. And we just ask You, Lord, to be glorified in how we read and how we interpret and how we apply this Holy Scripture. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So what we've established so far is that you're invaluable to God. That you were reconciled to God in salvation and united to His body. Now, if we're talking about a person who's been reconciled to God, a person who has um, had their eyes open to see the beauty of Christ, the darkness of their heart, to repent of their sin and put all of their hope in Jesus Christ. That person, that individual, is called a what? A Christian. Or you might say a disciple of Jesus or a follower of Christ. But... The, the common term would be a Christian. All right, but when you have a group of Christians who gather together, empowered by God's Spirit to do God's work, what do you call them? The body of Christ or the church? What I want to do is connect in your mind the imagery we just looked at a minute ago. A lion versus a pride. Um, I don't remember the others. Donkey and pace, right? And then now we, now we have Christian and church. The body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ is not an insignificant piece of the puzzle. It's not. And let me, let me show you. We've been reading in Ephesians 4, but what I want you to know is from Ephesians 2, where we really get into that theology of our salvation, you have the rest of Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 3 that's teaching us that Jesus has made us one. He's united us and made us one, and He has a mission for His church. If you have your Bible, I want you to look with me at Ephesians 3, verse 10. I want you to see what the Scripture says. It says in Ephesians 3, 10, So that through the what? The church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. It's through the church, the body of Christ, I want you to skip down to the the last phrase of that chapter. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Maybe you've heard this passage before, but it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. Look at what's next. To him be glory where? In the church and in Christ Jesus. How long? For how long? Throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Listen to me. The church of Jesus Christ is not a temporary reality. Amen. 
This thing is lasting forever. And we're just a part of building a kingdom that's going to last forever. And so the local body of Christ is not an insignificant piece. And you're not insignificant as a part of it. Jesus says you are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. This is why I'm telling you, if we can get a hold of this, it'll transform who we are as a body. You'll stop being a passive player here. And you'll start going, what's my role? What's my part? Am I a hand? Am I a foot? Am I, am I the eyes? Am I the ear? What am I supposed to do? What does God want me to do? And what we read in Ephesians 4, what we see at the end of, of our passage today is it says, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The admonition from the Word of God today is this. You are invaluable, so get busy. Do what God shaped you to do. And that's my exhortation to us as a church today. The church is the body of Christ. This word, Ephesians 4, says He is the head. Make no mistake. I'm one of the pastors here, but I'm certainly not the head. Jesus Christ is the head of the body. Amen. And every one of us are just parts. We're just pieces. And He has given great gifts to the church. He's given us, as the Scripture says, those who are of the apostolic gifting and the shepherding gifting and the prophetic gifting and evangelists and teachers. He's given great gifts for the building up of the body. The, the whole mission of, of us as leaders, I'm a shepherd teacher person. That's how God's gifted me. I'm, I'm sort of, if, if you're talking about a physical body, I guess I'm the mouth. You know, I'm just sort of a blabber, right? That's who I am. That's my role. So I get to help sort of pull us together, get us going, teach us through the word, kind of move us. In. That's my role. It doesn't make me any more important than any one of you. We're all pieces and parts and players in this body of Christ. But my role is to equip the saints. Who's that? It's you. Who's supposed to do the work of the ministry? The Bible says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. There's far too many churches that have a mentality of paying people to do the work of the ministry. It's not the truth. The Lord wants all of His people engaged in the work of ministry. And He's called you to be a significant player. You're no less important than I am. No less. You are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head which means he's at the controls. You know, you know that your head is the control center of your body. It's your head. Everything reports to your head. Everything does what your head tells it to do. Your head's the control center. That's the reason the apostle here tells us that Jesus is the head. He's at the controls. We are under his command. But each of us is gifted. I want you to notice Ephesians 4 verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Every person who has become a Christian has been given a gift in the Spirit of God. God has equipped you to do a job for Him. That's what Ephesians 2.10 says. You are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which He prepared beforehand for you to walk in them. He's got things for you to do. And He has equipped you for the task. He's given you gifts. 
Paul anticipated what many of us probably think. Many of us are probably thinking, well, I'm not like her. I'm not like him. You know, when, when, uh, when he prays, man, he uses Scripture to pray. I don't know enough Bible to quote Scripture. Or when, when he makes coffee, it's awesome. Mine's burnt or whatever, you know. We tend to, like, compare our gifts. And, we, and what we tend to do is go, well, they're so much better than I, I'm probably not good enough. I don't, I don't, I don't have a place And the Holy Scripture is saying you are invaluable in the body of Christ. And some of you, you may think like, what I do doesn't seem to matter. You may think you don't matter. But Christ wants you to hear this. You may never know how serving someone coffee with a smile Touch them in a unique way. Make them feel welcome just enough to where they're willing to come back again. Hear the gospel. Be transformed. Amen. That little moment where you're willing to stand out in the cafe and just be a smiling face to welcome somebody in. Makes a lasting impact on a person. And you may never know that. You may never know the impact of the time you've spent praying. Because prayer seems to be so personal and sometimes it seems to be so... um, Well, we just don't see the impact. But we know that our God hears the prayers of His people. And there are things that you could never do that God can do with you on on your knees. Amen. You may think you don't matter, but your gift of praying for the body of Christ is transforming people in ways you may never see. You may think you don't matter, but you don't know the impact that you've made in just one little conversation on Thursday night at Celebrate Recovery when you sit down and have a piece of pizza with somebody who's struggling with addiction. And you just look at them and you say, Jesus loves you. You may think your part doesn't matter. But you matter in the body of Christ. Just because what you do isn't in the spotlight doesn't mean it does not matter. I think about our our God. Um, Jesus told a parable uh, of a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one went missing and he He just talked about how our God has the kind of character as a shepherd where he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. And he does that to tell us that each one matters to the heart of our God. It's not like if I had 100 pennies and I lost a penny, I probably wouldn't go after that penny because I've got 99 others, right? But to God, you matter because you're one of his children, all right, I've got three children. I've got three little girls. And if my, if my Reagan goes missing, which she does quite a bit, that's, she's my wanderer. But if she goes missing, I don't go, well, you know what? We still got Riley and Reese. We're okay. You know? <laughs> I, I don't do that. You know, like I'm missing a baby. I go after my baby because she's my child. It's the same in the character of our God. Like every one of us matter to our God. But he is actively doing a work in the gospel to pull us together. As a united and powerful force. 
where each of us are doing our invaluable part in the body. And we're working together to make much of Jesus, to expand the kingdom of God, and to see God receive all the glory He deserves. That's what the church is intended to do. So from this text, here's what God wants. I want you to know God gave gifts to each of you. Those gifts are to be used to build up the body. That's what Paul tells us in Ephesians 4. Your gifts are to be used to build up the body. And to do the work of ministry. Whatever He's gifted you with. Whatever that is. Use it for building up the body. And to do the work of the ministry. And I want to encourage you. Be creative. Think outside the box. Here's what God wants from this text. God wants my maturity. He says in this passage um, that we're to grow up. Somebody say grow up. Grow up. Jesus wants you to grow up into Him. Into the head. Grow up into maturity. He even says the standard is the fullness of Christ. He says to mature manhood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then he goes on, he says, that we may no longer be children. So I want to tell you this. The way to grow up is to go deep. The way to grow up in Christ is to go deep in His Word. The only way to grow up in Christ is to know your God deeply. To grow deeper roots is going to make you stronger and give you fuller fruit. We grow up into Christ. Let us not, no longer be children. And it says tossed to and fro by the waves. That's, that's the, the, the struggles of life. The waves of life. And then carried around by every wind of doctrine. God doesn't want us to be blown just because somebody comes along and says something that's not true. He wants you to know the truth. That's what deep roots do for you. When the hard winds of doctrinal error come blowing, if you've got deep roots, you're going to be okay. And he says, grow up. Grow up. Maturity. He wants, God wants your commitment to building the body of Christ. That's what we're talking about this whole month. I'm in. That's what the emphasis is. I'm in. Are you in? You are an invaluable part of the body, but have you you verbally and visually said, I'm committed. This is the church. This is the place. This is the people that I want to connect to. I want to serve with. I want to commit to. This is who I want to be. Are you in is what we're we're driving at. And the, the scriptures say, God wants your commitment to building up the body. Here's what he says. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint. Listen to me. This is not a loose affiliation of people who might have some things in common. The illustration he's giving us is body parts that are joined tightly together. It's not a loose affiliation. This is like family who are knit together to do the mission of God together, empowered by the Spirit of God. So the Lord is calling us to a commitment to building up the body. And then lastly, God wants... Your part working properly. Look at the end of our text here. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. What do healthy things do? Two things. One, they what? They grow. And then secondly, what do they do? They reproduce. That's right. And that's what the scriptures are telling us. 
When each of us are doing our part, when each of us are working together, this body is going to grow and it's going to multiply. Bottom line, church, here it is. You matter to this church body. You matter. When the enemy comes at you and says, you don't matter, it's not that important. It doesn't even matter if you show up this week. Garbage. You matter to this church body. And when you're not here, it's incomplete. We miss you when you're not here. The body of Christ misses you when you're not here. Imagine. Um, have you ever, have you ever um, slept on your arm like this? <laughs> Anybody ever slept like that? And when you wake up, that thing's all tingling and it's just like, you know, it's asleep. Listen, some of us as the body of Christ are asleep. You're You're asleep. When, when one of your limbs goes to sleep, it's kind of useless. It's useless. It's, it's... And what I'm telling you is, wake up. You matter to the body of Christ. Your part is an invaluable part. I cannot be you. You cannot be me. We're not made for that. You have a role to play that I can't do. And I need you. You need me. We need each other. You matter to the body of Christ. So listen, are you in? Are you in? And here's what the question is. Are you willing to let God use your story? Some of us are really afraid of our past. Like your past is what keeps you from really plugging in. You're really afraid because your past is is spotty. So is mine. All All of us have a story. Listen to me. Your story, God wants to use for His glory. Don't let your shame keep you from your place. The apostle who wrote this book was a murderer. He said, I'm the chief of sinners. Let me tell you about God's mercy. Your story can be used for God's glory. Are you willing to use your story? What about your gifts? The things that God's equipped you to do. You've got... You've got a gift from Jesus and He wants you to use it in His body. What about your talents? Some of you are carpenters. You're good with your hands. Others of you are just good at connecting relationally. Some of you are good at... I mean, it's across the spectrum. Right? And God intends it to be that way. Because each of us matter in the body. Are you willing to use your talents to leverage your skill set for the glory of King Jesus? What about your passions? The things you're so passionate about. I was talking this week with one of you and hearing your story and uh, out came this passion for foster children. And I was like, I didn't know that. I didn't know you had such a love for, for foster children. And that was part of the story. And I was just like, that's beautiful. I love that about you. Now listen. For me, right now, that's not a huge passion in my heart, but I'm listening and it's resonating because it's 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 resonating around the gospel, a love for children that are not his own. Right. And welcoming. And I'm like, I love that. You're so passionate about it. Yes, I'm I'm celebrating that. God's given you passions and he wants you to leverage them for the body of Christ. 
Are you all in? Are you in? I want to tell you, you're an invaluable part of the body of Christ. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? I just want you to focus in on this question. What would God do with a church where every person is all in for the kingdom of God? What would God do with a church that could get over its differences? Could let Jesus be our peace and not have any kind of divisions among us, but be united by the blood of Jesus Christ, brought together for the mission of the glory of Christ, empowered by the Spirit of Christ. What could God do with a church where every person was all in? What I'm asking you is, I want to find out. Join in on that mission. The impact could be limitless. Would you give God all that you have?